You know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. You know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. Welcome, everybody, to Juice Pro Wrestling, episode 115, Demonomania. That's right, Demonomania. Why is it Demonomania? Well, it's a combination of demons and mania, like Hulkamania, and with <laughs> threatening the juice, which is myself. This week is a very special guest. He is the drummer for the band Night Demon. Everybody, please give a huge fucking round of applause to Dusty Squires. What up? What up? What Stoked up? Kid? To be How's here. It going? What's going on? Just <laughs> chilling in sunny Southern California. SoCal, huh? Is it yeah. uncensored? Is it truly uncensored? Uh, depends. Depends on the time of day. Depends on quarantine um, restrictions, you know, and pandemic nonsense. So you know, it's like, oh, everybody can go out, and then it's like, nope. Everybody's got to go back in. Yeah, just still <laughs> everybody back to the pile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're just doing the best we can. And I'm at Night Demon headquarters in Ventura, California. And uh, just, uh, you know, we're just staying busy amidst all the craziness. Obviously, we're not on the road. So we have to kind of keep ourselves busy by, you know, doing things like this. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> and do the fucking quarantine jams or something. You're you're out in Ventura. I had a buddy Neil Berkdahl that lived out there. Was in a a band uh, called Dirty Dead and Point of Our Resistance with my drummer from Handsome Prick. Oh, right on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've only been out here for ten years. I moved from. Um, I'm originally from northeastern Pennsylvania in the sticks. Like oh yeah, the, okay. The Pocono Mountains. So I uh, moved across country with a couple of my buddies in an old band in 2010 and that's how i ended up in ventura and that's where i met jarvis uh singer and night demon and yeah uh armand our guitar player uh they were both in separate bands at the time and ventura is a real like you know uh, everybody kind of plays music and everybody knows each other and uh they were the two guys that definitely kind of stuck out as far as being you know uh, guys that you'd want to hang out with or get to know and um so yeah, it's just one thing leads to another, and I ended up in Night Demon in 2000, late 2013, started touring 2014, and it's been nonstop ever since then. I mean, we've been to like uh, 20-something countries and played over 600 shows, so. Serbia? Not yet. Not yet. Soon enough. All right. Yeah, <laughs> soon enough. Maybe next year. They're, they're on full lockdown right now. Yeah. Yeah, They, they fully crazy. opened and went full on, on full lockdown like two weeks ago. 
I'm hoping everything can kind of get back to normal because the last thing I want to do is, you know, play socially distant shows. You know, I want to see the first guy who's going to get in the mosh pit and start flailing around. Everybody's going to be like, that's the guy who's crazy right there. (laughs) Right. I'm just going to fucking stand really close to people and they'll be like, you're hardcore. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Absolutely. Without a a mask. (laughs) No, I'm just joking, kids. I play it safe. (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to bring that yeah. shit home. I got ninos. I got kids. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, from out from Pennsylvania. I mean, that's kind of some prime wrestling territory, man. Ooh, not too far from the uh, ECW arena. I grew up about a hundred miles away from uh, from Philadelphia. Did you ever um, go to any of the shows? Unfortunately, no. Uh, I was a young buck back then. The last thing my parents wanted me to do was skip town and go down. Watch a deathmatch. Yeah, hand Fuck you, stop sign. <laughs> so um, I uh, I didn't really get ever get a chance to do that because by the time ECW, you know, like I said, I was born in '84, so '99, I was like you know, 15, 16 year old kid, right? Um, that didn't know any better and couldn't hold my own yet. I was going to WWE house shows in like Bethlehem, PA. They'd always come through Stable Arena. That was always a spot. Um, I went to WrestleMania 10 and 11. To, nice. I got to see the ladder match. Um, That's the one thing I, I vividly remember because each WrestleMania is the age that I am. But by March, I was only nine at WrestleMania mm. 10. My birthday's at the end of August. But um, yeah, I knew it was something big when I was watching that match. You know, you could tell it was something that was ahead of its time and that those guys were going for it. Um, and then, of course, the, one of the best matches, uh, Owen Hart versus Bret Hart to start the uh, WrestleMania and of course, Bret Hart loses and is all injured, and then comes out and beats the mighty Yokozuna. And I remember just going ape shit when that happened. Um, WrestleMania 11 was lackluster compared to 10. It was a little, you know. I think one of the highlights for that one was uh, Crush and Macho Man's Falls Count Anywhere. I remember that kind of sticking out. Um, other than that, the Lawrence Taylor Bam Bam Bigelow thing, I could do without. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, why is LT in the WWF? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was, uh, I've been a huge fan of pro wrestling and heavy metal and uh, pro football. That's been like my my main thing. Um, I know you guys touch on like the, the horror aspect of, you know, things, but uh, not so much a horror movie buff um, as Jarvis is in, in our band. He knows everything about that. But when it comes to pro wrestling and heavy metal, it's like I'm I'm into it. Hell yeah! Hey, so I, so I saw your Instagram uh, reaction earlier. You're, are you a big Poison fan? I am. I am. Uh, <laughs> Threaten turn it off right now, quick. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I just I just watched that movie they did on Netflix I about that. Got uh, I got a big old Poison tattoo here. Oh shit! So it was a uh, yeah something that. Uh, I grew up as a kid. Uh, it was my first concert in '91. My dad took me when I was like six. And uh, that was the time I was like, that's, I want to do this. You know, they're a big party band. And, you know, obviously if I was like 10 years older or something, I probably wouldn't be so into them. But because of my age, you know, same thing as like the Ultimate Warrior. Warrior were like, two, you know, two of the same. Uh, flashy, big hair, you know, energy. Maybe not the best at what they do per se. <laughs> Warrior was blown up by the time he but, got to the ring. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but people still paid their hard-earned money to go see those guys do their thing. 
Oh yeah. So um, I have a respect for what, you know, what those guys did and it got me where I'm at, you know, obviously growing up in PA poison was from Pennsylvania, moved to California, did the thing. So it was always something that I kind of, you know, kind of worked towards, you know, if those guys could do it, I want to go do it. Fuck yeah. And that's good uh, motivation. And, and nowadays, you know, everybody's a snowflake and of course it, it's super sensitive. You say the wrong thing or you like the wrong celebrity or whatever, and people get pissed off. But, uh, totally. I mean, warrior, I respect him. I mean, obviously as a kid, we all loved him because it's just how you explained it. I mean, he was a fucking walking, breathing superhero, you know, it was yeah. insane. And what a moment to be a wrestling fan. And as a kid where you had Hogan and warrior, like at the time, two of the biggest like entities that you could fucking ever imagine. And then when they clashed, you know, I remember holding my whole Hulk Hogan wrestling buddy. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. I fucking lost. I was like, no, but, uh, uh, I was so pumped. So pumped, dude. Um, he was, he was such a, cause after his career, after his wrestling career, I mean, he did a lot of like motivational stuff and I know a lot of people <laughs> shit on him because dude, I mean, maybe he used some terms that people nowadays yeah. wouldn't use and whatever. And he was hard on some of these fucking kids, but I mean, that's kind of like the way I grew up was, you know, like the tough love thing. Um, and dude, like just watching some of that shit, he was just, he was honest, you know, he's like, Hey, you're not going to fucking do anything. If you don't fucking say I quit or I give up, there's no <laughs> giving up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, um, Power, man. What, you saw is, what you saw is what you got with him and, um, he didn't care to, uh, cater to anybody's likings or dislikings and, the only person that he cared about impressing was Vince McMahon. And he had Vince in his corner, you know, probably more than anybody else up to a certain mm. point. Obviously, once it got into like the mid 90s, they, uh, yeah, well, once it got into the 90s, he started to kind of fall off the wagon. And it's a, yeah. being, a, it's a being the champion um, takes a lot. And he didn't do what he had to do. No, he, and, he he did some bad business practices, man. Like, yeah, no so like, I guess like Vince up. in in my world and in, in my kind of like respect for what, for what I take from him and everything, it's like the good and the bad, you know, oh, what yeah. to do, what not to do. Um, but I mean, he beat Hulk Hogan one, two, three, and became world champion, held two titles at one time. Hell yeah! Hold I'm on, all about hold it. on, one minute. I think uh, I hear somebody knocking. Hold on. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. I'm I'm curious to see what's going on here. I don't know if he's remember <laughs> when I beat Hulk Hogan for the world heavyweight yeah. title when you were it just is. a lad. <laughs> I remember, remember that Dusty Squares. I remember. Oh, I certainly do. I remember putting the the camel clutch on that wrestling buddy, full Nelson. Bear hugs, you name it. Hell yeah! Was, as long as you just did not try to hump me, then any maneuver would work. How <laughs> <laughs> to go? There's the there's the uh, the snort. Heck yeah! Hell oh, yeah! Man, the only ones that day. nobody ever had were the Legion of Doom ones. Nobody ever oh, had the Legion oh, of Doom wait, wrestling wait. buddies. Hold on, I think I hear I hear someone else. <laughs> no, he's got the Legion <laughs> of Doom ones. <laughs> yep, I mean. Shit. You weren't a kid in those days if you didn't have at least one or two of those. We snack on uh, danger and we dine on death. Oh, what a There's animal. There's animal. Yes, sir. Uh, that's awesome. You have I'm it. that, guys. Hey, how's that's, it going? That's what happens. How, you have, start... how do you have room for all those people in your room? 
Yeah, just you know, don't don't shout out any more people, man, because I can't keep opening the door. It's you know, <laughs> get this fucking show done here. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, uh, I was, I, uh, what about Barbie? You got a Barbie in there? <sighs> Hold on, I think I hear somebody knocking. <laughs> he just uses our hair and puts it over top of his forehead. You know? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> How about this blonde brother? There ain't Ooh. no Barbie here. Only twenty-four inch pythons, dude. The one thing that I could never figure out was why, how they both could hold the heavyweight title at once and forever. It just didn't make any sense. You got to have one or the other. It's not for you to understand, brother. <laughs> All I care about is the pump and prayers and vitamins, Jack. Got to go. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Please, no more people. Love it. Love it. <laughs> but yeah, get back to what I say, man, like with the warrior. And it is cool, like our generation um, and people around our age, like, and it's cool that people can admit it now, like that they were motivational, you know, I mean, even though they're characters and we all know what pro wrestling is, I mean, there were times like later in life, like I said, when Warrior wasn't wrestling and I was watching some of his motivational shit and I'm just like, damn, dude, like, that's what it is right there, like just push a motherfucker as hard as they can go. I mean, hey, watch the last dance if you're a basketball fan. You've seen oh, Jordan yeah. did that shit to people, you know? Absolutely. To, to be great at what you want to do, man, you got to, you know, be a villain and to other people. And But also you're just like, hey, man, this is how I am. Take it or leave it. You want to yeah. win or, or do you want to sit at home? Here I am. Rocky guess, like you like a know? hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> We're speaking yeah. about a little bit of metal. We'll get into some metal talk on this shit tonight too. But, uh, um, dude, guess who I, uh, if you're a big, do you like power 80s power metal at all? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, if course. you like poison, you got at least like some of that. Dude, we toured with Accept in uh, 2016, which was huge. Um, nice. I mean, I have Metal Heart tattooed on me. I'm a. I'm. I grew up listening to Balls to the Wall and Metal Heart as a kid, um, and air drum those records till I couldn't anymore. You know, so um, yeah, we got to go on tour with them, and I was just pumped. It was like amazing. Fuck yeah, dude! I. Uh... I just confirmed for our other show we do, the JP Dub podcast, I will have Steve Grimmett from Grim Reaper on. Oh, absolutely. He's a he's a big fan of ours, man. We see every time we did the seventy thousand tons of cruise with uh seventy thousand tons of metal cruise. And yeah. uh, he was out hanging out with us and uh you know, uh we kind of like a pirate uh, though, no <laughs> no disrespect. But, you know. uh, unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Uh total bummer. But he's he's an awesome guy. And I remember growing up I had a tape called um uh, what was it called? Uh, Metal Masters. And it had uh, See You in Hell on there. And I remember Hell as a yeah. kid, I was like, this song is frightening. And I remember yeah, telling dude. Steve that. I was like, you scared me to death as a kid. You know, that song was just brutal for, for what it is um, and for the time. I mean, I think that was like 1984 or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. That song dude, came I got out. a... What do I got? I think I got Rock You, Rock you to Hell. Um, I'm trying to think of what Fear No Evil, dude, is like one of my... It's just up there, one of my probably top ten all favorite, all time favorite songs. Dude, this shit's fucking yeah. powerful, man. It's an honor to um, to be in the kind of you know traditional heavy metal scene that we're in, and you know to run into a lot of these guys and you know gain their respect for doing what we do and being true to what we do, and mm. not up there you know doing the smoke and mirrors thing. You know what you see is what you get with us, and you know when you get the old school guys like Anvil and Raven and. Uh, Grim Reaper and Accept. It's just the list goes on. We just did a tour of Sacred Reich, and nice. you know, it's like everybody kind of um, 
appreciates what we do, man. And, and we enjoy it. So we'll keep doing it until the wheels fall off. That's for sure. Fuck yeah. That's what you got to do. I mean, you guys got a fucking good sound going. You guys, uh, you got a new EP out, right? Yeah. We've been uh, putting out some singles. Um, but that was our plan. Even you know, pre-quarantine was to get some new stuff out, keep the ball rolling and kind of keep people's attention by just giving a little bit at a time. Um, and with the whole pandemic, it kind of worked out really nicely that we were able to keep it fresh instead of releasing a whole album. And then it's like, okay, everybody's just like, right, what's next? You know, it's kind right. of a little bit here and there and put out some like behind the song stuff on YouTube and stuff like that. So um, yeah, but we're stoked on it. And, you know, with us, we don't really ever write B-sides, you know, everything with us. It's like, we always consider it just like all killer, no filler, you know? So we spend a lot of time and we spend a lot of time on just a song. You know, and it goes through a lot of revamps and revisions and all that kind of stuff. So till we're somewhat satisfied, you know. Hey, man, you got to do what you got to do to make it good, you know, make a good product. That's it. You rush but that yeah, we've shit. Been, we've been stoked and people have been pumped on it, too. And we've been putting out seven inches with each one. Um, so uh, that's kind of worked out. And each cover, well, each B-side that we do with the seven inches of cover that we decide to do. So everything just kind of, but it's only on the seven inches right now with the covers. So. Um, the digital stuff is out there on Spotify and all that kind of stuff, but, um, we try to keep it exclusive as much as we can. That's yeah. nice. You got to, you got to keep it different. Got to keep that merch eclectic. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. What would Maiden do? You know? <laughs> all right. Well, they won't get Diano back. That's for damn sure. <laughs> Which unfortunately, I'm a huge Paul Diano fan, man. I love those first two albums. That's like, it's my favorite Maiden era of Maiden, but, uh, you know, a lot of Absolutely. people ain't too keen on them, but I'm a, I'm a rocker metalhead, and that's like that's what they were. They were like punk and metal, dude, like thrashy and it's fucking that's awesome. It. Heck yeah, ahead of their time in a sense. I was uh, there's this wrestler, uh, Mecha Wolf, and uh, he's got his own band. He does like uh, kind of like horror punk type shit, and he's uh, he's big misfits like Danzig fan, and um, dude's fucking awesome, dude. He's got a killer fucking look. Uh, but he was jam. He does these like videos and a lot of these wrestlers now because of the quarantine, they're doing like little stuff where they're at home and maybe doing a skit or playing some shit on the guitar. And he's doing some stuff now where it's like, I guess this song, he's fucking rocking out Transylvania by Iron Maiden. <laughs> Nobody guessed it. I was like, the first one I was all up on that shit. Yeah. He's like, yeah, but uh, I'm playing it the way uh, I think you said Iced Earth covered it or something, which I'm not a huge Iced Earth guy, so I wouldn't know. Yeah. Well, more power to him. All right. I so, need to uh, correct myself before you ask your question. Earlier, I said I watched the Netflix Poison movie. I meant Motley Crue. I don't want to get that uh, much hate. I mail. knew you. Hey, let's uh, give him an old ECW chant. Come on, Dawson. You fucked up. 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 <laughs> <laughs> piece of shoe. <laughs> no, nah, I, I watched that too. It was, you know, it was cool. Yeah, it's um, all right. Uh, it's. Eh. It stinks. Congratulations. Yeah, you could watch the behind the music and get all that. And that came yeah. out like, I don't know, what, 98 or something? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I like behind the music. I kind of miss that. I did shit, too, man. I thought it was cool. It was great. That yeah. was great. I mean, that's when Poison reunited. They didn't have the <laughs> four original members until 99. <laughs> Behind the right. music came out, I was like, "Boom!" They I got dug CC off the streets with needles and shit stuck in his heart. Oh, he was like over two hundred pounds. He was like two hundred forty pounds or something. Yeah, he, he was gigantic, and then got his act together and he's back in this back in the saddle. 
there you go. Kind of. They didn't, they didn't get to do their, uh, their big stadium tour, though. So that got the gabosh real quick. Well, you know, they'll, they'll, always, they'll have time. Brett Michaels has been around in our neck of the woods, actually. He hits all those spots, man. He just doesn't Dude. stop. The mothers go fucking wild. They get wet and wild. <laughs> let me tell you. They're like, ooh, showing us them old titties and stuff, you know? It's just not the same, man. I mean, poison is what it is, and you can't go out there and try to do anything else without, you know, it's like any band. You know, I got, you know, the OG guys. People don't want to see it. Yeah. You know, you know as much as you can. As much as you can. <laughs> Obviously, if the guys die and stuff, then you got to, you know. Well, you just got to get a new singer or a new guitar player. (laughs) That's the trend. You know, I'm waiting for somebody to fucking replace Chris Cornell. I'll fucking shoot myself in the head. Mark my words. (laughs) Like, come on, dude. Did Alice in Chains really need to come back? You know, I mean, maybe for a one-off tour to like, kind of like, hey, we've been gone. We missed Lane. Here's like a one-off. We'll see you later and we'll start a different band. Did they do that? No, because nah. there's a thing called greed disease and money and intellectual properties and business. And oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I fucking hate that shit, dude. You know, artist integrity, man. It's like, fuck, what if, what, you know, I'll put it this way. Uh, I got something ugh, in my mouth. Um, what if somebody came back in front of Nirvana, you know, like, and some, yeah. they allowed that to happen? That would be more disgraceful than it even happening you know That's my yeah yeah i hear you there i hear you some things just you know it is what it is but you know guys want to go out there and they want to play and they want to yeah. get it out i understand you know just do a different band you know at least it's a little more acceptable in like where i come from like the death metal grindcore underground you know i mean everybody's a whore in that scene dude <laughs> everybody's been in 80 fucking bands and you know guys get replaced and so be yeah it. <laughs> green jelly that's one of them green jelly he's got like uh, how many members that dude they, i think band? they're in the guinness book of world records for how many they've had like over by now it's gotta be close to 100 different band members yeah. i mean it's fucking yes. ridiculous and if i don't know here's a little tidbit for you. i don't know if people know this or not but uh danny carey from tool actually played on that serial killer soundtrack and uh oh, yeah. maynard did the yeah i love that riff man actually yeah yeah Dude, oh, I was a little was kid watching that shit. I was fucking ready to hit some shit listening to that shit. And then shit. Rambo comes in and just starts blasting <laughs> fools. Yo, wolf face. <laughs> I'm your worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> your ass is mine. Yeah. Like, man, just some blast beats right after that. That'd be great. <laughs> they kind of did. He kind of did. I remember him like hitting the snare drum as like each of the blasts are going off, you know? Yeah. That was like, such a cool video, too. I remember seeing that on MTV as a kid and just being like, wow, this is different. Yeah, you know, cool. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, I grew up watching all the Headbangers Ball, and yeah. you know, we didn't have we didn't have YouTube when we were kids. You know, yeah. I had to watch music videos, and half the time the editing was off. You know, the guy's playing the ride cymbal, and it's the hi hat. You know, and you're like, that's not what he's playing. So that's how I had to figure out. Like, I learned how to play drums by air drumming. That was kind of like my thing. I put on Dude. records and then just started moving my body around and got. Were the you one of those kids going. in school where like? I and I always loved using pencils on like thick ass books because you always get that nice fucking. Nah, nah, I didn't really make the noise. I didn't really do that. I was kind of more just like a, like a closet about it. You know, it was just kind of like it was something that I did to get pumped or I should have been doing my homework and I'm air drumming shout at the devil, you know? So, <laughs> shout at the devil! Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it was just kind of one of those things that um, kind of just 
got me going. And, you know, same thing with watching pro wrestling. It was like, that would just pump me up to go play metal. And then I, I played football as a kid too. So I would just get all pumped and just everything with contact drums, wrestling, football, like let's go smash some heads. 80s action movies starring Van Damme. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right, right. We all love that Definitely. shit. Or anything with Bolo Young in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally. Fucking love that guy. Um, well, it, it's cool that you bring that up, though. I mean, so I kind of want to get into, like, I mean, you were a young kid when you started because uh, everybody out there watching right now on YouTube and listening on all podcasting platforms, um, if you look at our promo this week on Instagram and Facebook, uh, I got a picture that you let me use for the promo and you're a little fucking kid, dude, with a drum set and you yeah. got, you could see the Hulkamania was a calendar or a poster on the wall. It was one of the, it was one of the pullouts from the magazine. Yeah. 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 Dude. Now I'm sitting there. I'm like, dude, that's, that's fucking awesome. Like that's what I like. And that was part of the reason in creating this show a couple of years ago was, you know, I want people to come on and tell their stories and share their like experience for wrestling. Not just, you know, we, we do interview wrestlers and people in the biz and all that, but to me, it, it really is so much cooler when you can get someone, especially being a fucking uh, metal guy myself, you know, and getting, you know, brothers from the metal community on, because I think that's one big connection that is there. But a lot of people I think are kind of like closet about it. You know, it's like, I don't want to say I like wrestling because you know, whatever, <laughs> you know, it wasn't like that back in the day when it was dominating and it was cool to be a wrestling fan, you know, but, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So at uh, what age did you start playing drums, man? Uh, I started like dicking around when I was about four. Um, I remember getting my hands on, look what the cat dragged in. My mom's uh, best friend was the one who had all the collection of the tapes. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, I guess I, you know, I just gravitated towards MTV and I just loved the the whole hair metal scene. I mean, it was larger than life. I mean, you're talking 1988. It was right at the peak of it. And uh, yeah, and it was really simple drumming to get going. You know, originally I wanted to play guitar because obviously it was all about the solos and the guitar players were, were the Oh, dudes. yeah. Drummers, drummers get just, lots of poon, though. Come on. Yeah, drummers just back there holding it down. So I really learned this, the, uh, the basics of rock and roll drumming uh, by listening to those records. Um, and yeah, by the time I was uh, six, my, my parents had separated. So what did my dad do on my birthday? He took me to a music shop and bought me a drum set to take back to my mom's house. Yeah, who's so, the best uh, parent now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then my mom had to deal with me banging around. Yeah. Uh, but they were really supportive of it um, right from the start because they knew how into music I was. Um, especially because we didn't have the internet back then. I used to read all the liner notes and yeah. they were like, this kid doesn't even really know how to, to read books. And he, he knows who like Robert Plant is. And, you know, I would go to people's houses and dig through their record collection and pick out all the ones that I knew I liked because I knew who Whitesnake was. I knew who Warrant was. I knew, you know, all those bands. And if it was popular, people had it. Yeah. So, um, you know, I just gravitated towards it and it was something that stuck. So um, needless to say, when, Night Demon gave me a call. They were like, uh, you like hair metal, right? Mm, I almost didn't get it because I have a poison tattoo, but. You know. <laughs> I know Sredden almost booed you off the show earlier, piece of shit. <laughs> I was a huge, <laughs> I was a huge Def Leppard fan. I can't oh, High, High and Dry dude, is a great album. Love my, it. my girlfriend loves fucking that shit. I mean, she got, uh, well, I think we got it during the baby shower. But anyways, my three months old son has a fucking Def Leppard onesie. And I'm like, <laughs> come on, I want a Hulkamania, rip that shit off. And 
throw the fucking Slayer one on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I got into to wrestling at the, around the same time. You know, Wrestling Challenge was on. Superstars. Yeah. Saturday um, mornings WC- were the shit as a kid, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, uh, WCW was, um, you know, coming out. And what was the one where, where Patriot was like the uh, wrestler on ESPN that they showed it there? Was that Oh, in- AWA. AWA, yeah. Yeah, like, they used to show that. Uh, yeah, it was ESPN2 or something, but AWA. Dude, you go back and watch some of that shit. I think some of it's on WWE Network for those of you out there is. that have it. Um, yep, it dude, is. you could see a very fucking young Shawn Michaels, um, Rick Steiner. I think him and Shawn used to tag back in the day. And dude, Rick was, I mean, everybody knows Scotty, 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 me and my brother. Uh, <laughs> everybody knows Scotty, dude, for how big he was. But I'm telling you, dude, Rick, when he was young and like in the AWA, that motherfucker was jacked to the gill. And both those dudes were legit athletes, dude. University of Michigan, yeah. you know. Absolutely. Was he wearing the headgear back then too? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Everybody used to be like, he's a real wrestler because he wears the headgear. <laughs> right. Dude, yeah. I wrestled for three years. I hated that shit. I hated it in the singlet. I was always, I lost a lot because I was super embarrassed to be out there. Like, I actually was just watching, Um, I subscribed to WWE Network myself and I just watched the, the Last Ride, the Undertaker documentary. Very good, did, very good. And, and that was awesome. I loved it. Um, even if he breaks kayfabe and he's not, you know, the Undertaker anymore. Uh, he's more Mark Calloway, but it's time, man. Um, you know, He's earned it. Yeah, I mean, for to have a career like that is is just so impressive and amazing. And um, I watched the uh, – I haven't finished it yet because it's so long. It's like a 19-part series on the Monday Night Wars. And, oh, that's great, too. Yeah. That's – yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm like three-quarters of the way through it. And, um, you know, I was just thinking, like, man, what an awesome time it was to be a wrestling fan and to be at that prime age at that time. Um, just from the golden era all the way up to the attitude and, you know, just the competition that was going on. And, uh, I don't think it's ever going to be like that again. I, I, I don't, I mean, I guess it could be like Saturday night live where, you know, it has, it's like, you know, it'll never be like it was with Belushi. And then it comes through and everybody's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, so I, I bet, it, I mean, it's just, I feel like it's so kind of like, PG, at least in the WWE. I know there's, you know, other companies out there that are starting to kind of make their way through the cracks and they're Mm. doing some things that WWE aren't doing. Um, But I mean, just, it was amazing to have ECW, WCW and WWF going head to head with all that. It was just amazing in the mid to late nineties. It was, yeah, definitely a great time. Um, And that's, you know, another thing we try to stress on here is, you know, for fans that are like, I mean, you're obviously aware of different companies and stuff, whether you watch anything else, you know, obviously I don't know, but, um, you know, we try to help guide people towards what is good because, you know, I mean, WWE, I, and I hate to knock them cause we try to maintain positivity on here to some degree, but, uh, it's just, Absolutely. dude, it's, it's got awful. It's like gauged towards kids, you know, but I don't even think it's in a good way because it was gauged towards kids when we were little. And yeah, we were kids and we fucking loved it, but I go back and watch it today and I'm still like, yeah, this shit's good. It's a little cheesy, but I don't know. Right. It just, it, exactly. I mean, it's the not fact the same. The, the competition was squashed. Um, and obviously it was due to other companies making bad moves. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into play. With right. It. Right. Um, and I know that uh, AEW is like a, you know, one that's kind of coming out Dude. and doing its thing and they got some traction and they're, you know, they're keeping fucking it real. rocking and rolling, brother. Like if you ain't watching AEW on Wednesday nights, 
man, dude, or dark, you know, dark is free. It's on YouTube every Tuesday. And there's a lot of our homies. Um, Brian, uh, Brian cage is one who just went there. Um, friend of the show, Brian Pillman jr. You know, oh, nice. Yeah, like, yeah. dude, It's great. I can't. And that's the thing. Like when we started this show, we started to see this kind of resurgence happen. You know, there was more and more fans like coming out and saying, Hey, because the indie scene nowadays, bro, is just like ridiculous. Like it's yeah. feeding ring of honor and WWE and all the impact TNA, whatever you want to call them, all these bigger promotions because the talent pool is fucking nuts. And there, and all it is is guys who were motivated, you know, like you and me, like as a kid, and they're taking that and utilizing that and becoming the next generation of talent. And so when AEW started to gain traction, guys like Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, um, even with the Bullet Club when they were there in New Japan and stuff, it was like this thing. It's like, man, it was this feeling, this buzz, like, oh, shit. You know, you could feel it. That like, is this the third wrestling boom I'm going to fucking live through? And then, bam, COVID hit him in the fucking face. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like it does go full circle. It goes full circle, you know. And yeah. when you get the guys that have the old school backbone that, that are tired of what's being, you know, fed down your throat, you know, you get to the point where you're like, we're over it, you yeah. know, and you – you got to go out there and, and make your own way and, and do your thing. So um, kudos to those guys for doing yeah. that. Uh, it's hard for me. I mean, I'm just like, same thing with music for me. You know, I don't listen to a whole lot of new stuff. Um, our whole band is like that, you know, and we kind of have that old, you know, that throwback sound. Not only because of that. I mean, I, I, I think out of the guys in my band, I probably listen to the shittiest music on the planet. Um, <laughs> Come on. So, <laughs> hey, I almost bought Miss Piggy's sh- exercise album on vinyl yesterday. So I, I get shit for talking. it. I get shit for it. I was in, you know, because of you know my time and being a little bit younger, I got to listen to all kinds of like the new metal stuff and all that kind of thing, you know. And I did educate myself, especially when it came to drumming. A lot of like the the music kind of progressed as as it went on. You know, mm-hmm. the grunge scene hit. There was still a lot of drummers still playing the thing but like you had guys getting more creative and more progressive um but i, I think sean kinney from alice and chains was one of my favorite like in that era dude like i really was actually thinking that right when i was saying it you know like just the intros to some of those songs and yeah. the way he would kind of lay the groove down and do odd time signatures and mm-hmm. you know lay it fat and still keep the groove but be creative and progressive and in, in that kind of sound and you know dave grohl just bashing away and nirvana you know stuff like that and then (laughs) pantera came along and you know for me that was uh something that really took it to the next level you know by 1996 when i kind of wait 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 are you saying a new level (laughs) (laughs) yeah once i caught wind of them and i heard vinnie paul's monstrous drumming i was just like hooked so i got big into pantera and then once the new metal thing started started to shift and those guys are playing like really fast double bass and throwing the death metal elements into it you know obviously being in pennsylvania and kind of being in the backwoods you know i had to you know once it became popular is when i found out about it so um i wasn't really into like the whole uh, underground scene of what was going on at the time so when the band like slipknot came out i was just like holy shit joey jordison is amazing you know and i wanted to learn as much of his beats as i could you know yeah. so it's not all Ricky Rocket and Tommy Lee, you know. You gotta <laughs> gotta break the mold. I, I hope not, dude. What do I? I remember when Slipknot came out, and that was like, thank God, because dude, I was one. Like I said, I grew up a fucking punk rock kid and like a metal kid, and actually, like for being in, you know, been in the death metal, death grind, grindcore scene now for 
fuck 16 years or so um I, I didn't really care for it growing up. I remember in like middle school, there were kids that were busting out some Campbell corpse. And I like, I had heard it and I was like, eh, you know, fuck this shit. And then I think I remember like seeing them in Ace Ventura and I was kind of like, right. right, you know, and then started hanging out with some more dudes. And I didn't really fully get into it until like high school. And then, but that's, you know, it's, I always say it's the progression of music and it, it's really, um, how would you say, it work. It's different for where different people come from. You different backgrounds. I was a young, angry punk who was, but I was into everything. I'm a huge Frank Zappa fan. You know, I mean, I, right. I played jazz guitar in high school. Um, but I was still angry and pissed off. And so, obviously, like the next level for me was to go to like brutal death metal because it was like it was who I was at that time. You know, and it's it's never stopped. It was just it was like great angry music, but it was super technical. And you could just, you could feel it in your bones. And it got me pumped, like wrestling, you right. know, like as a kid. And I was like, fuck, I'm hooked after that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and that's the thing. It's like whatever makes you feel something bigger than how you currently feel, something that takes you to that next level. And, you know, that's just like with anything. And, and to me, a good song is a good song. If it makes me feel something, I'm pumped. Um, you know, I got a, a lot more of an education in the new wave of British heavy metal you know genre once i joined night demon because it was like this is what we're into man and and you need to learn some shit you know so <laughs> yeah. uh you know to be a, my first tour and my first shows with the band were opening for uh diamond head and raven you Damn. know and those those guys are like hey these are like you know this is why we're doing this and yeah. you know he, this is this is it so i got an education real fast and you know raven took us on our first tour just like they did with metallica and you know, to like kind of follow in those footsteps a bit and to kind of get an education from them was, was huge. And, um, yeah, so the list goes on when it comes to that. So definitely grown. <laughs> That's fucking great, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, who were, uh, so like get back to the wrestling, um, who were like growing up? I mean, obviously, you know, you mentioned ultimate warrior. I right. seen you had Hulk Hogan poster. Um, were you more of a, you know, in the business, um, they call it, you know, faces and heels, baby faces and heels. I mean, did I you like the bad more, guys was, growing up? I was a baby face. I mean, I think that, you know, with, with the bad guys, it like was a little bit of um, push and pull depending on the kind of antics that they would do. Yeah. Um, you know, like when, you know, Undertaker, prime example, somebody who would come out and just make the scene grim when he would you'd hear that music and oh, yeah. little kids faces would turn to stone <laughs> and i think that yeah Looked like I buckwheat that, that was, was in the audience of, in abundance <laughs> <laughs> i thought it was some of the coolest um you know presence and you know one of one of the greatest characters especially when he at the funeral parlor when he stuck the warrior in the warrior <laughs> casket I was, I was terrified terrified <laughs> Um, but as far as um think of maybe some heels that i would have liked I can't maybe like Psycho Sid might have been one. That's a little bit later. What about um, ravishing Rick Rude. Rude was great just because he could get under your skin and he had great feuds with the Warrior. Um, I was more of a face guy for sure. I think up okay. until the Attitude Era when everybody started to cheer for the bad guys. Right. Um, you know, and I liked the guys who might have been a bad guy but could still win you over by. Roddy Piper here or there. Totally. Like what was it? WrestleMania five when he had, um, who was the, the talk show host or somebody he had on Piper's pit 
and the, um, he was like blowing smoke in his face. And oh. Piper's like, I told you, don't blow no smoke in my face. And yeah, yeah. he kept what? doing it. And Piper just lights him up with the fire extinguisher. Trying to, uh, Downey? Was it something Downey? Morton Downey. Morton. Yeah. It was yeah. Morton Downey, yeah. And That's so Robert that was, Downey Jr.'s dad, isn't it? No. Yeah, it was great. Was, he yeah, kept calling, it was. He, I, yeah, was it? Morton Downey is related to Robert Downey Jr. I think it's father and son. I mean, I could be wrong. But yeah, and so, I'm pretty you know, sure. I liked King Kong Bundy. I thought yeah. he was cool. Um, Junkyard Dog was, was JYD, dude. He had the thump, um, dude. I had those LJN figures. I had all those motherfuckers. <laughs> um, Bad News Brown. Bad you know. News was the shit, too. Um, Jake the Snake, of course. And, and Jake was so menacing with his God. presence on the mic. And Well, he's in else. AEW now, too, and he's managing uh, a guy called Lance Archer, the Murder Hawk Monster, and he's Man, he's cutting some fucking hellacious promos still, yeah. dude. I mean, just the fact that he could talk talk at a at a low volume and and get your attention. Mm-hmm. You had guys like the Warrior that would you know shout, and Hogan was always brother brother sweating his ass off just brother, brother. a thousand miles an hour. Um, you know, and, and Jay could could be there where you could hear the reel on the tape just hissing yeah. in Cold between what he was saying. Man. Um, so yeah, great and. Um, you know, is fantastic to see what DDP did with a lot of those guys and, and bring yeah. them back with the yoga and all that kind of thing. So, um, awesome. I'm stoked for those guys and for what they, they did. But, um, yeah, definitely. I think I got more into the bad guys once the, you know, the attitude era came through, you know, everybody was stoked on DX and the rock and, you know, yeah, even DX like, was popular because everybody wanted to tell everybody to suck it. Suck it. <laughs> and they're like, suck what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. in school just doing it, you know, and teaching. Where was it? Stoked. It's down where? Yeah. X marks yeah. the spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Dude, that was a great time. I remember that shit in high school, dude. You were either wearing D- DX or NWO. NWO. Dude, yeah, I had a. Sure. I wasn't a huge Wolfpack fan, but I was, you know, I'm always about keeping it real as far as like my dress and my fashion and, and trying to accessorize. Dude, I used to have a a bomb-ass pair of red dickies and a Wolfpack, NWO Wolfpack shirt. I rock that shit all the time. Boom. Alternating with my fishbone shirt from time to time. (laughs) Shit. Yeah, man, it was a a special time for sure. And, uh, you know, when I got got a chance to go in and dive into those documentaries and stuff, and I just watched the the Vice um, program. Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah, and I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, Have you seen both seasons? Yeah, I brushed up on season one. I got into season two. Um, for some reason, I didn't really know about it. A lot of times we're on tour. I'm not really, you know, right. I don't I get to watch TV. I have like the Netflix and the Hulu and all that kind of stuff. But once I saw that that was on there, I was just like, oh, damn. Okay, cool. And then uh, ended up getting Vice just to watch it, you know. So um, I thought the Kerry Von, the Von Erich story was oh. great. I already had a lot of background on them. The Road Warrior one, you know, of course. And uh, I just thought it was really cool. And, and for them, it was like one of the highest rated shows that they've ever had on their program. So that goes New to show Jack you how many people. Too, Ooh, that was amazing. That was <laughs> so good. My girlfriend yeah. hated him. She's like, this guy's a piece of shit. And I'm like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen some of the YouTube videos of like New Jack hanging out with like Honky Tonk Man? And, oh, yeah. You know, they're just all lit, just talking shit. And I was just yeah. like, oh. I think Sheik, there's one with Sheik too. Oh yeah, and I, I swear I thought they were smoking crack or doing something. They're they're fucked. Up. I know they were drinking. 
But you know, yeah. maybe off camera they're doing a little bit of that. Fuck, they were getting a little snow blind or something. Shiki's you know? all, Shiki baby wants some of the crack. New Jack, <laughs> give it to the Shiki baby. Dude, I mean, I obviously can't say it for reasons, you know, obviously whatever, because I like everybody and I ain't right. like that. But did you, are you aware of the video um, where Iron Sheik made a derogatory comment about Beetlejuice? Remember from the Howard Stern show? Oh, yeah. I remember he, Beetlejuice. He was fucking trashed. He's like, Beetlejuice, you fucking. And, you know, he's, <laughs> and he's like just straight up blasting. I'm like, oh, my God, Sheik, what's going on? And then like five minutes later, he goes back in the room and was like, Beetlejuice, I love you. I love you the greatest. You're the best. <laughs> Dude, he was so up and down, you know, and he, I'm sure he went through his thing. I actually watched a Did you watch that movie? Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I felt kind of bad for him, you know? Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. man, this guy's been through some shit. Dude, you know? it, how fucked up is that. it when he was a legit Olympic wrestler for his con- the country of what? Iran, right? Yeah. And uh who's what is that? Sredden? Who's the is it a czar that's over there or that rules the country? Something like that. Yeah. I'm not quite sure. Not Behringer Brothers, Spirit Barrel Aged Wines, the official wine partner of the 2020 CMA Country Christmas presented by ABC, celebrates the holidays with a tacky sweater sweepstakes. Enter for your chance to win a CMA Tacky Country Christmas sweater by texting SWEATER to 467467. No purchase necessary. Message and data rates may apply. Sweepstakes ends December 31st, 2020. Must be 21 or older to enter. See BehringerBrothers.com slash tacky sweater for official rules. Void where prohibited. Behringer Brothers Wine. Please enjoy responsibly. Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. Canadian bacon and hardwood smoked bacon. Or Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Get $2 off a large bacon duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. Or I don't know. I want to say it's yeah. a, pri- a prime minister also. I don't know. Whatever don't know. it is. But the main guy over there, um, dude, he uh, he was killing guys. And yeah. uh, they had like a, one of the guys that, you, you know, you've seen the documentary, Dusty, like one of the big time wrestlers out there. Um, all He got murdered by this guy because all he wanted to do was, uh, hey, like, don't give me all this money for, you know, all the whatever. Give it to opening schools and doing positive shit over there. And it got his ass killed. And, she yeah. and he was like, fuck that. I'm out. And he actually came over to the United States and helped uh, the U.S. men's Olympic wrestling team. That's yeah, he was a he was a brick shit house too. Oh, I mean, he dude! Was stacked. You, you know, those videos from the eighties with the fucking, you know, talk about what do you call clubs. those? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, clubs, uh, yeah. clubs, clubs. Oh, <laughs> dude! And that ain't no joke either. My buddy Zach Gaja, uh, he he bought a set of those because I showed him those videos. And he was like, "Whoa!" He was like, "All in the work," and I'm like, "Yeah, motherfucker, try this shit." Unfortunately, though, I don't think the crowd was so impressed when he'd come out in the middle of the ring and start doing it. They're like. Yeah. This guy doing, you know? <laughs> that shit, dude, that shit's fucking awesome, dude. And no yeah. joke. I mean, you're a drummer. You know about like building them fucking arms and shit, shit. man. Like, it's all it's all the wrist, man. I gotta stretch my wrist now. I get that like I get my wrist will go freaking numb if I'm not warmed up and stretched, man. It's been all the 16th. Yeah. It's just like burning and then it goes numb, and then I'm just like, I'm old. I'm getting old, man. But you know, you gotta keep it together or else you just you lose it. Use it or lose it. Oh, man. I, I know, man. I've been yelling my ass off for many, many moons now. And it's like, oh, I'll quit smoking tomorrow. Fuck this. <laughs> it's Phil Anselmo would say, I need my fucking vitamin C where you at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah. You hear that fucking bass? 
<laughs> Tell me, you hear the fucking booze? Yeah, <laughs> good shit. My <laughs> cat's just rocking yeah, some pants yeah. here the other night. It's a band that, like, again, growing up, <clears throat> everybody around me was super into them. I just, I didn't hate them, but I just couldn't really get into them. And then I started to, as you know, I got older because, I mean, dude, they were the heaviest commercial metal band probably ever. Like, commercially, like, I, you know, Slipknot got, you know, their death metal things yeah. or whatever. But, dude, Pantera was straight, like, fucking violence. Punch you in the fucking face. And their sound was ridiculous. Like, yeah. Diamond Vinny's guitar and drum sound, insane. Fucking yeah, I got, I got some buddies, uh, one in particular that lives in Austin that's a great friend of mine. And he's all, man, after that power metal shit, fuck Pantera. Rumbles in the jungle guns. or whatever. Yeah, what he sticks to his guns about that. He's like, I will never. He's like, fuck that band, man. You know, but for me, it was just like, yeah, taking it to the next level, literally. And um, yeah, I mean, that was a band that they did, you know, once they kind of shifted from the hair metal, power metal thing and they got into the, you know, the heavier shit, um, they stuck with that. And, oh, yeah. you know, they, they hit number one and, you know, kudos to them for sticking to their guns and whatever they decided to do to, to, to stay popular and do their thing. So, except reinventing okay. the steel. I just had the argument with my boy down the other night. It was, it was yeah. the album. <laughs> Dude, great Southern uh, trend kill, though, man. Whew. I don't think they would even argue that that's probably their weakest one. They were in pretty much turmoil at that point. Yeah. You know, Phil yeah. was recording his vocals separately. Those guys are doing their thing. Everybody hated and, everyone. You know, well, every, yeah, Phil they were banged everyone. up. Uh, reinventing the steel, they kind of had some more com- you know, camaraderie going. And their, their live show for that, I had a chance to go on that tour when they were uh, uh, out with Slayer. Um, and I remember I was about 17 at the time or something. And I was like, man, I don't know. It's going to be kind of violent. And I'm bummed that I didn't go because that was my only chance to see him. And I fucking blew it. Hey, I, I, I never saw Pantera, unfortunately, either. I've seen down. I've seen super joint. I, I refuse to see hell. Yeah. I think we, uh, I think they, them are. Yeah. I think they played when, uh, we did, a uh, my, Guitar player from Decrypt back in the day did a the Midwest Fuck Fest. <laughs> you can bleep that out if you want, Surrender. It'll be cool. It'll be funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was at the Rave in Milwaukee, and they were playing. And I remember, like, dude, it's like fucking. I don't know how many like death metal fucking fans there. And of course, they're probably a lot of them probably are Pantera fans. But when you know, hell yeah, is pulling up, and then fuck you, like push pussy shits on the side, man. Get the fuck out of here, like. Oh, yeah, that was a blend of like the whole Mudvayne Pantera thing, and mm. you know it's, it is what it is. It's had its place, but yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of that shit. No yeah, problem. me neither. Hey, to each their own. I, you know, that's whatever. it. That's it. We're not here to talk shit. We're just here to nope. talk some shit. That's right. <laughs> Want to talk some <laughs> shit? Dial this number. <laughs> <laughs> hey, going back to ECW though. I mean, did you watch a lot of EC Dub back in the day? Oh, for sure. God, I remember. Man watching i grew up in a small town called rosetto pennsylvania it's a little italian town and uh, yeah. i remember uh hanging out and, uh, yeah and it didn't it didn't come on until midnight where i was and it was ecw on, tv like, yeah and it was out on, here you know we had service electric cable at that time okay and it would come on like their local um channel on that so i mean it was like yeah midnight it would come on it was on till like two in the morning yeah and uh, i remember seeing like uh, Bulo McGillicuddy getting freaking power bombed through a table. I'm like, what in the world is this? You know, and yeah. um, just the the stuff that they were doing in the ring um, and outside of it, it just it was it was fantastic. Um, 
blew my mind. I loved the characters. At times, a bit cheesy and campy, but I mean, that was the beauty of it. Yeah, you know, I mean, it it's was, pro wrestling, it, you know. Yeah, it had the low budget feel. You know, they were in Paul's, you know, basement cutting promos, and you know, um, it was the um, dark side of the ring. I think the documentary they did where they kind of showcased that and. You know, Paul's mom's ironing while he's in there cutting, you know, trying to be poly dangerous and just yeah. like, being all And his maniacal. dad's trying to keep him from getting sued. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, hey, but I love it, man. The DIY thing, it's it's fantastic. It's the same way that our band operates, man. You gotta you gotta do it yourself if you wanna, you know, kinda keep it going. And they did and control it. your own destiny, really. You yeah, know? yeah, absolutely. And and to bring in the talent when, you know other companies thought that they were just trash, you know, bringing in an angry Steve Austin and getting him to cut promos and being the real deal. And, you know, Mick Foley and Terry Funk and, you know, Sabu and, and to have a guy like the Sandman be a, a freaking fan favorite, you know, um, it, it was pretty awesome to see what they could do. And a guy like Tommy dreamer who <laughs> may not have had the uh, platform to do what he was really good at. And Shane, he's Douglas still doing and, it. To this day, yeah. with impact, dude, and he's killing it. They brought in Chris Jericho. They brought in, you know, Eddie Guerrero. The, uh, yeah, yeah, and, and was Malenko in there too? Malenko well? was there. Rob Van Dam, um, <clears throat> Justin Mysterio, dude, Psychosis, uh, the Lucha Libre. They were like the first ones. WCW took that, you know. Right, right, yeah. I mean, so ahead of their time. I mean, probably probably knew what to do with the with what he learned from wcw and what he brought to ecw you could yeah. tell what he wanted to do and what he didn't want to do and you know he became the the number three of the big you know of those companies and you know put it on the map you know and it was, it's great because it's philadelphia and, and that's philly in a nutshell I man i lived there for three years and uh they are black and white man it's like cut and dry it's what you see is what you get and they will tell you if they like it and they'll tell you if they hate it and i've been to some eagles games i'm a huge dolphins fan so i've been to you know the language you miss jay color played there hell no <laughs> you gonna pick up our <laughs> trash huh hell no <laughs> so um yeah so i mean to have that energy and and to have the guy in the straw hat in the front row every freaking time you saw him and yeah, the know, fans. Things that, yeah, the things that you remember from from all that. And we're and here's the fucked up thing, dude. We're you know talking about them twenty years after their demise, and it's still this like beloved Fresh. entity. You know, I mean, here's here's a little thing for you because I you have I don't know if you've been watching AEW, but uh, Taz is there and he's managing a guy called Brian Cage, and he just brought back the fucking FTW title, dude, and gave it to brian cage oh, that's sick yeah dude yeah. it was like i was fucking popping hardcore but then you got marks and shit on the internet and haters oh, good, just talking shit and it's like come well, on i mean that I comes with the territory man yeah. yeah uh you know you know you're doing something right if people are talking shit because they're fucking talking about it that's yeah. the bottom line you know and that's the same thing in our business you know and what we do it's like you just keep doing what you're doing, you know? And, and I agree. Cause I, I remember right when we had kind of started talking about getting, getting on this thing, where we were talking about AEW and um, you know, the whole rock and roll express were in there and, you know, they were doing their thing and Steiner made a, an appearance. Right. And he came out and kind of started doing his thing. So yeah, I mean, yeah, for me, I, I should, I should get into it a bit more, you know? 
because I, I feel like with what you're saying on the positive side of it, you know, is what we feel like is missing and in, in bringing these guys to, you know, guys to manage and bring these new guys up. I think it's, it's awesome. Bro, I'm telling you, as far as AEW goes, um, if you're looking for mainstream wrestling that wants you want it to bring you back, but yet give you that cool, like, modern edge, because I'm telling you, these motherfuckers nowadays, there's never been athletes like these guys. Like, they're doing insane shit. Like, what was it, threatened a week or last week at AEW Fighter Fest, Ray Phoenix of the Lucha Bros doing, I don't know if you know what a Canadian destroyer is, um, but dude, doing it, fucking jumping off a guy and then like doing it to the outside of a bunch of guys, it's fucking nuts. You'll have to look it up. Well, like, it's like anything. I mean, I mean, like motocross and snowboarding and skateboarding and BMX yeah. and drumming and it's Say like DMX. everything. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> everything goes to the to to the extreme. <laughs> so I mean, everybody <laughs> wants to take everybody wants to take it to the next level. And yeah. you know, if you're not doing that, you're not going to be noticed. You have mm. to think outside the box, and you have to do things to get noticed. And and Nobody wants to do an arm bar and an arm drag and a freaking headlock. You know, you want to sky's the limit. Take it to the next yeah. level. Like they're good setup moves and stuff. I and they still have their place. You know, and that's the good thing about AEW is, I mean, it's a as you would say, a, I guess it's a spot monkey fucking promotion. I mean, they have the insane amount of talent that do these crazy ass moves, but they still recognize tradition. I mean, one of the, you know, the lead guys there is the son of the American dream. Doth the oh. you know, Cody is that Cody? Yeah. Cody. Yeah. Cody's fucking dude. It's so weird. I hated him in WWE. I couldn't stand him there. Were, I just, I don't know what it was. He just, he terrible character build on him. Terrible. And it's this just, is the stardust shit. Where he's like, yeah, yeah like, no, no. The fuck is going there on? There was only one. There was only one Dustin Rhodes. There was only one Gold Dust. You're not gonna be able to bring these guys in and do the same thing. Same thing with like, no, Lazy, I mean, it's, right. it's not the same thing. But like, yeah, like bringing Ronda Rousey in and making her a hot Ronda. Like, come on, you're not gonna take Piper's gimmick. I mean, kudos to her for being a badass that she is. But come up in the with MMA better. world. Right, but Come she wasn't a badass better. in pro wrestling because she couldn't. <laughs> and here's the thing, though, I, I'm sure it was fun to her. I don't want to disrespect her for that because she was a super fan. You know, like imagine any one of us getting that opportunity and living. Freaking our David dream. Arquette. <laughs> uh, David Arquette, dude, he's still going. He almost got killed in the fucking death. I saw match. he put. Did he do? A, did he do a uh, movie about it or something? Um, was there something? Oh, uh, Threaten's favorite movie. Uh, Q Threaten. Ready to rumble. Yes. But oh, no, recently no. in the last in the last two months, they came out with a movie kind of talking about his wrestling career. I don't. It oh, wasn't his life, they? but it's one of was his, it RJ City with him? I think possibly. I know they at around that same time he did a lot of online promotion with RJ City. Yeah, but, he got hit with like a like a um, fluorescent light or something yeah, like that, yeah. and it like cut him up. <laughs> almost almost yeah. killed him. Yeah, yeah, dude. Like he didn't even finish the match. He's like, oh, I'm fucking bleeding to death. I'm out of here. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean that's the thing too. You can call wrestling scripted and blah blah blah, but man, when these guys take a freaking bump and you know it's some real shit. Like Stone Cold gets dropped on his dome and hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> By it's, Owen just, Hart. it's a danger. It's a dangerous, dangerous business, and you know they're out there to entertain. But man, you're you're putting your neck on the line literally day in and day out. And the rigorous touring those guys did, and I mean, 
Oh, Dude, there's, as far as like entertainment goes, and this is just my personal opinion. I mean, you um you could you could talk about music. You can t- talk about uh, actors. Um, any other type of celebrity, I do not know, and I am not aware of any other performer and or entertainer that really sacrifices as much as these guys do. And do some of them, your John Cena's, your Hulk Hogan's, your Undertaker's, your Warriors make ridiculous amounts of money? Yes. But there are some very fucking heavy sacrifices mentally and physically that come with that territory you know i mean most of these guys aren't seeing their fucking families because they're on the road you know 360 days out of 365 you know like seriously Seriously. yeah i mean i've I've done tours where we were on the road for you know six months a year and i thought thing ever and then i'm like man these guys are working 280 to 300 days a year um, and getting and hurt body through the, yeah. I mean, yeah. and that, you wonder why they're doing to, drugs and yeah, fucking and, getting depressed and drinking and then killing themselves or killing someone else. That's why there is, uh, you know, it's cause and effect. That's why there's a fucking dark side watched, of the uh, ring. I just watched it. Like, I, you know, of course I, I scan YouTube and I'm always watching, you know, it's always coming up on my feed, new wrestling stuff. And, uh, this guy did a, a video on how many wrestlers died that were on the card for WrestleMania six. And <laughs> I was there, at eight. I I think there was only like three still living like you know characters that were on the card. And you're yeah. talking like referees that have passed, yep. you're talking commentators, you're talking the I do whole that thing. shit. I mean dude, it's just watching. like it's insane and it's sad, but I mean <sighs> what are you gonna do? It's just, it's, it's the, the, you know, it's a bummer. It's, yeah. It really sucks that they, that they had to go through that kind of shit. Hard-ass you know? life. It, yeah, it absolutely. Is. And, and, you know, and there's, there's companies that are trying to change it up. You know, like AEW, um, they're very kind, I guess you can say, generous with their schedule. You can have a guy like Matt Hardy, who's with them, who's been, you know, around the business now for like fucking 30 years or whatever it is work a limited schedule and yet still always seem like he's there because he's providing content from his house or, you know, wherever it may be. And the same thing goes with impact. You have a guy like Rob Van Dam, who's damn near almost 50, who's still in freakish athletic fucking shape, dude. Like the guy still does the, you know, members workout where he do the Van Dam splits and then he's got the fucking weights <laughs> while he's splitting, dude. And he's fucking lifting weights. He still yeah. does it. He still fucking does it. I mean, when you're dead, when you're when you're when you're a badass like that, and you stick to that regiment, and you you know really kind of hone in on your craft like that, and mm-hmm. you know you're the you're the whole fucking show. That's right, know? brother. That's fucking you right. Gotta, <laughs> you got you got to hold up to that, you know. And same thing with with you know anything like even music. It's like you know I, I see certain guys that just kind of like hang out. And you see other guys that get ready and then yeah. you're like, holy shit, fucking a, you know, and, you know, I kind of have to get into that when I go on stage, you know, what we do is super demanding on me physically yeah. and, and mentally you're a fucking drummer, man. You know, Come it's on. gotta, it's gotta <laughs> be, yeah. The, the mental and physical have to go hand in hand. Right. So day in and day out, man. I mean, and I'm, I'm not vegan or anything like that. And, you know, some guys really focus on their diet. Some guys really focus on, 
you know, I have to stretch my whole body before I go out there. Cause yeah. if I don't, man, I'll, I'll, you know, so you have to really be honed in on, on what you're doing in order to perform at a high level. And consistency is the hardest thing. And, and that's one thing I'll always stress that that's the hardest thing about being a professional, you know, athlete or Keyword, musician, professional, professionalism. you know, is, is, yeah. is just, you know, people, whether there's three people there or 500 or whatever, uh, we play like it's Wembley, you know? It's like yeah. we're going out there and we're balls out every single time. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I respect people that are into that, you know. And, you know, if you can cater to the guys to be able to to be in the business longer than what their shelf life is, you know, especially with modern technology allowing that to be a bit more favorable. And also uh, history and guys dying and people caring more about their, um, you know, people instead of using them and throwing them in the trash, you know? Yeah. So that's, you know, not to get You're like a fucking prophet, man. Do you ever think about religion? <laughs> no, nah, nah. metal. You got that Seth Rollins look religion. going. <laughs> <laughs> like a <Yeah>. leopard messiah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, we got to record with uh, Fleming Rasmussen in uh, Copenhagen um, a couple months ago. We actually did a single with him called Kill the Pain. So we got no to go to shit. Silent Studio in Copenhagen and he's got all the Metallica records on the wall and mm -hmm. man, talk about uh, losing your shit. You know, when yeah. I was a kid, I didn't know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> now I'm in the studio talking shit with him and, you know, recording a couple songs. So, um, yeah, man, it's like one of those things. You just keep on trucking and you get put into a position where you're like, fuck yeah, this is exactly where I want to be. And, you know, and, and especially now, I mean, you can work with people because it's not 1986 and there aren't million dollar contracts and, you know, record producers and people in the business don't have the high dollar gigs that they had back in the day. So right. it frees up the opportunity to go in and work with a lot of cool people. Like we, we recorded with Steve Albini in Chicago. Are you and, fucking uh, serious? Yeah, we did a song. Dude, I love songs fucking Big Black, right? Yeah, yeah. So we got to go to his his spot and recorded a song with him called Are You Out There? And Nice. We recorded on two inch tape with him, and you know oh. he's the, just like what you see, dude. He puts his jumpsuit on, and he's like, "Hey, it's your song. You play the song. You do it. Go for it. I'm not telling you how to do anything. It's your band. It's your song." In utero, man. In utero. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I we love the drum really sound awesome from that. Yeah, we got to have some really awesome experiences, and um, teaches us a lot. On, on you know, just it's fun. You got to have cool. fun doing it. And it seems like fun. you maintain the, uh, you know, the humbleness from it. You know, you like, you're always eating the slice of humble pie. Like it's good. You know, Cause fuck the guys there. Like, fuck you. Like, yeah. No. I mean, dude, we've, we've been struggling in the dirt and we still are underground, man. Um, you know, each, each day and each week and each year we take steps and that's what keeps me hungry, man. I, I need the right. constant progression. If I'm not progressing in what I'm doing, you know, stick a fork in me you know I'm and that's over in it. any medium you know i mean even in this shit if we ain't doing something different and talking to different types of people and and trying to progress the quality and the content of the show it's like you know what fuck it i'm done yeah yeah and, and, and for the amount of time you guys have been doing it you know kudos you know you come up with fresh content and you know you get a guy like me that come in just ramble about you know whatever uh, that's, that's how we know. keep it fresh, you know, because <laughs> <That's we're>, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's, you got to stay real. And, and I think now 
now too, you know, gives people a chance to really think about what they're doing with their lives at the same time. You know, it's like what I'm doing with myself. Really- <laughs> you know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. Canadian bacon and hardwood smoked bacon. Or Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Get $2 off a large bacon duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. What I want to be doing um, like even with my girlfriend, she just quit her day job. You know, she was just, you know, coming home. She was just bumming, bumming. And and I'm like, I'm loving what I'm doing. And it's like, you know, you got one person firing, you got the other one who's who's misfiring. And it's like, you know, grab a hold of your life and let's let's freaking do this together. You know, yeah, and exactly, you do what you want, exactly. do what you want to freaking do. And um, we have we've been growing a lot in the last couple of years as a band, and you know, we're we're making headway and well, you I've guys are doing been... a lot of shit you're out there i mean <clears throat> excuse me um i mean i got in contact through you uh because of jarvis yeah. um you know yeah, you originally uh, were we him. wanted uh, you talked to uh, you wanted to Afner from midnight. Yeah, yeah and he was like uh, and i don't really know much about wrestling he wants to talk horror and stuff like that you know and and he's he's a he's a character in his own and he likes to you know he's just like yay or no you know and then uh, Jarvis, um, he's, he's a maniac when it comes to the, to the business of, of this. I remember when we first played our, like one of our first shows, he was like, well, that's this guy and that's this band. He's like, he's like, Hey, believe me, brother, I'm going to fucking know everybody in this scene and sure as shit, man. He's one of the front runners waving that flag nowadays. And, um, hats, hats off to, to him and his work ethic, man. Like, you know, he manages Satan. He manages, um, he sang in Jaguar and managed them and, um, managed Sarah Ungle, brought them back from the dead and manages midnight manages yep. Visigoth, and manages and plays in our band. So he, he's, he's a nut when it comes to that, you know, mm. and it takes a special breed to, to do that. I, that's not my calling at all. I'm full of useless knowledge, you know, <laughs> are we all, I mean, much <laughs> respect to that cat for that. Cause dude, like I said, I mean, he got me hooked up with, uh, Athner. I mean, we played a uh, full terror assault a couple of years ago with them. I was fucking tripping acid on the side of the stage while they were playing. I'm like in the video, uh, someone came up, was like, "Hey, are uh, you with the band?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm with the band." <laughs> I think we're all trying to fuck my old lady, though. But uh, you know, yeah, no, well, another comes day, with another the territory, time. man. Hey, it's why you can't have a hot chick in any kind of metal or hardcore <laughs> scene, man. Well, you can. Like, yeah, because, she shows I mean, up and everybody's like, it. "She's I'm the lucky girlfriend." One. Yeah, I'm the lucky one though where she ain't gonna do anything, you know? Right, totally. So, you know, we've all I'm sure at some point we've all had those girlfriends where it's like, ah, she's good, and then she looks oh I'm looking at his dick. Oh my god, she's fucking something else. Wow, yeah. wow, wow. A little <laughs> yeah, Sam nice Kinison for you there. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> but awesome. yeah, man, uh I never would have thought that like you know, especially with the last record and what we're trying to do with uh the JP dub, our other podcast, um is mainly like more outside of pro wrestling 
And somehow we always get roped back in. Like we had Mike DeSavo from Mercurion and Cryptopsy. And he's like, I thought we were going to fucking talk about wrestling. I love that when I'm out on the road and you bro down with guys in other bands and you just start talking shit. And it's like, you know, I have a, I have the warrior face paint on a skull on, my, on like my, my left arm, you know? And it's like, is that an ultimate warrior tattoo? And then uh, we were with a band called Against the Grain, and one of the guys uh, in that band at the time, uh, he had a big old warrior tattoo on his quad, and he's like, he's like, starts unbuckling his pants. I'm like, whoa, 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 man, hold on a second. <laughs> and then he shows me his big old warrior tattoo. I was like, holy oh, hell. It's better than a big old dick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take what you can get, and I took the ladder, so that's good. Right? Yeah, but yeah. that's that's the cool shit, man. And, you know, that's like... That's the thing. That's the vibe I like to put out with this show. You know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, we got, we have information we try to give people. We try to give them uh, pathways, if you will, to, you know, certain content and newer content or older content that they may enjoy. But I really enjoy those interactions where it's like you said, you know, you're fucking broing down with some dudes. And next thing you know, it leads into some like, oh, shit, look at my fucking look at my dick i mean my ultimate warrior tattoo <laughs> you know <laughs> right right like you know that and that shit's totally cool like and, and it was the same with me and you you know like when drivers told me about you i was like well fuck yeah dude like yeah, metal yeah, totally. wrestling let's fucking do it you know i mean i'm pretty sure in the 80s they had a fucking thing called the rock and wrestling connection you know? <laughs> yeah Ain't yeah i mean change it, it goes hand in hand heavier. i mean energy is energy and and uh, especially with heavy metal man that's what it is that's that's the name of the game and um you know for me it definitely pumped me up as a kid and you know i was an angry kid i wanted to hit things and you Fuck know yeah. then you you like take it like you spend too many days in a row with one of your friends next thing you know you're like bouncing his head off his headboard and like for real yeah. you know and then you're like choking him out like you're not even around the temples you just got him right. around the neck you're like i'm choking you out motherfucker this, this is it <laughs> I'm really like I'm wrenching the sharpshooter. I'm wrenching the sharpshooter for real. Oh, dude, man, sharpshooter! I've been the sharpshooter for real. I've also been in uh, like a Boston crab and or the walls of Jericho. Shit hurts. Yeah, it's not. It's nothing to to mess around with, and and that's one thing too that I kind of like thought was cool is like the the Jericho cruise. You know, he does like the pro wrestling and podcasts and stand. You guys should reach out to him, man. I really don't see a reason why there would be. I mean, dude, there's obviously. I mean, it's it's funny because like you know he's he's got you know the Fozzy thing, and they were on Century Media. We're on Century Media, and you would think because your label mates that you know they they hear about you, but on Century Media, dude, back in. But it's not always the case, man. These guys, you know, sometimes they don't really know what's what's fresh and going on in the, the underground and, and yeah. that kind of thing. But um, even Jarvis said right before the podcast, he was like, dude, it's like the wrestling community and the wrestling world, you know, it's kind of like it goes hand in hand, you know? And then, then once they, you know, discover a new band like that, they're like, you know, down. Cause I remember looking at like the, the Jericho cruise lineup and I, I was like, man, I was a little discouraged. I, I really wanted to go just to see the wrestlers that were there. Oh yeah, you know, and and to, to and maybe see some like of the good fucking time, dude. And they do the podcast there where they had like the NWO and shit and Bischoff. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, you know. And and like on a cruise too, you can't really hide unless you really want to stay in your cabin the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, people get to interact and mingle and and get to talk your ear off a little bit on those things, and it makes it for a cool experience. You're paying that kind of money for the experience, and that's exactly you know. Something I mean, I dude, you cool. guys, hey, man, you fucking tell Jarvis. Jarvis, you I, you better fucking be listening to this right now. Because <laughs> if not, I'm going to fucking find you. 
Totally. I can't say what I'm going to do because it's inappropriate and this is snowflake age. Hey, it's snowing. Um, but you got to fucking, you got to get Night Demon on that shit. You got to hook it up. Dude, Jericho's a huge metal guy. He's a huge horror guy. Um, I I just see that happening. I see that as like a match. <laughs> what they what they do, which uh, mania was that with uh, Macho Man and Elizabeth? The match made in heaven. And then there was. Oh, the that was uh, Summer, SummerSlam 91. Was that SummerSlam? Yeah. Yeah, yeah dude. Remember that's mm-hmm. when fucking Jake busted the Cobra out. For dude, the first time. That was so dope. With the Undertaker. Undertaker was there then, too. And you're just like, yeah. what in the world? And then dude. that went into the promo of Jake trying to teach the warrior how to be like this dark, you know, entity. But really, he just led him into the whole fucking room with the snakes. And uh, yeah, brilliant. And then, brilliant and then he shit. turned on Taker, too. Like, that's how deep Jake the Snake was more fucking sadistic and devious than everybody's favorite demon, The Undertaker. You know, like it it was great because that's what led into uh, WrestleMania 8 where I was at in uh, Indianapolis at the Hoosier Dome. Um, Dude, Jake the Snake versus the fucking Undertaker. I'll never forget it. Right before Jake went to WCW to uh, fuck with Sting and do the what was it? The coal miners. Halloween Havoc. Yeah, it was a 92. Yeah. Was that the spin the wheel, make the deal shit? Uh, that was the coal miner glove match. I remember Sting went up to grab, was it, was it based off of that though? Yeah, Did yeah, yeah. Wheel I think it? so. And um, Cactus Jack interfered in the match and, <laughs> oh, and yeah. it bit, it bit Jake. It, yeah, it did, it did, dude, and it got latched onto him. I remember he was like a fucking cobra, yeah. on his and he's like all dramatic, and then and then uh, all Cactus Jack is saying is bang, 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 <laughs> as the as the cobra's biting the shit out dude, of him. I was like, this is great. That's justice for Randy because he's like, uh, I don't know how about you. You take the snake, first. dude. How great of a story is that? I saw that's that, and I was great, like, that's man. fucking brilliant because it's so true. Then Jake's yeah. like, I paintbrush the shit out of that. That Cobra. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Dude, it was cool. We got to meet him. He was up here uh, downtown, uh, Hobart, Indiana, he had, at the art theater. I got to meet Jake uh, two years ago. Actually, right right when we were trying to launch, when we launched this podcast. Um, I mean, it was super He cool. was actually in our town, too, with DDP and um, Roddy Roddy Piper. They actually did a oh, movie no here in Ventura by one of my buddies who um, actually helped me get out to California. He's a huge wrestling fan, and mm. he has this movie called The Bet. It's like a low-budget film, but... He had um, Tommy Dreamer in it, DDP, Jake the Snake, Roddy Piper. Um, nice. He actually invited me over. I was working a really shitty job at the time. And uh, he's like, he invites me over on my lunch break. And it was when Piper was there. And Piper was shooting. And he's like, hey, man. He's like, come here. He's like sneaking me in his house. And I'm like, because they were shooting at his house. Yeah. And um, he takes me upstairs. And he's got Piper's Hall of Fame ring in his hand. Because Piper had like changed to get ready for the shoot and took his Hall of Fame ring off. So he held, he, uh, he's like, put your palm out. So I put my palm out and he sticks his ring in my hand. And I was just like, oh my, like literally my hand sank. Like, I was just like, this is sacred, bro. And he's like, how yeah. sick is this? And I was, <laughs> was like, this is amazing. And he got all those guys in his movie. It was pretty awesome. But they had, at that time, Jake was a little touch and go. They actually had to put him up in um, Oakview, which is north of Ventura, or east of Ventura, uh, just before Ojai. And uh, they, they had to get him away so that he wouldn't get into any dope, you know. And uh, so it was a little touch and go at that time, but uh, it was right on his kind of road to recovery and all that. Dude, that's fucking awesome. awesome. And, and Roddy Piper, I was just uh, 
I went back and I was watching some old uh, TNT Monster Vision shit with Joe Bob Briggs um, when they were. I think they were showing hand because Piper did a lot. I mean, he's very famous for They Live, but I mean, he did. Right. Uh, what's the other one? It's like Lords of Frog Town or some weird something with frog in the title. I can't remember the title. So crucify me, you marks. <laughs> um, but dude, he had a lot of like B movie shit, and they were showing uh, one of his B movies on Monster Vision, and it was cool just to see Joe Bob like talking with piper and dude he man that that would have been so cool because to me like roddy was one of like the best most honest dudes in the business you know like it was like always a shoot with piper like hey you know motherfuckers wanted to call out and uh say you know what they thought wrestling was which uh we're gonna have to bleep out your f word that you used earlier dusty you <laughs> piece of shit um <laughs> you know what they thought wrestling was and he'd be like oh yeah, yeah that's what you and and kind of give it back to him you know like because that's just how professional and 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 actually they they did a life swap with him and blair so yeah yeah piper piper was all like laid back and like a like a family man up in the hills and a hard worker and flair's just all wooing the money and (laughs) loving the fame as he should be as he should be all that uh, Have you seen these? I thought it was great. Shoes. Um, and then um, he did a, a celebrity ghost stories where um, he was in touch with uh, Bruno San Martino. And Piper? so, it, yeah, so his, you could look it up. And so he was like, uh, he showed up and, you know, they brought in this medium and, uh, oh, and Hart ends up coming through. And really? yeah, it's pretty interesting. And it, it uh, you know, whether you believe in that kind of thing or not, Piper was all about, you know, kind of showcasing it on there, which I thought was pretty cool. Fuck yeah. Piper was cool, man. He was like one of the, the all time, you know, there's like, everybody talks about fucking Mount Rushmore's right. In professional wrestling, which I've been asked that question a million times going on other shows and vice versa. And I kind of fucking hate it because it's very mm. subjective. It's very, uh, it sucks. It's a shitty question. Because it's it's opinion based, you know. But there are guys for everybody out there watching and listening that are not subjective. It's not an opinion. Where it is fucking fact that Roddy Roddy Piper is up there. You know, you have your Hulk Hogan's, your Ric Flair's, your Macho Man's. You know, your Ultimate Warriors guys that whether you like them or not, for whatever fucking reason. I mean, they're up there. They're there. Shit they the were business. influential. I mean- you know? it's, the, it's the total package of like, you know, you got to have the in-ring capability, um, the charisma, the, yeah, the charisma, the, uh, energy, it, the, the promos. I mean, it's a, it's a whole well-rounded thing. I mean, look at what they did with like Rocky Maivia when he started, they tried to just, you know, you know, put him in as like a third generation wrestler and tried to just groom him that way. And the fans hated it. And then <laughs> die, <when> he, Rocky <laughs> die. <laughs> and then when he finally got a chance to be like, okay, this is how I'm going to do it. I mean, yeah. stars born and he just took it and ran with the same thing with Jericho. That's what I think was so cool about the Monday night thing that I'm watching is how they showcase all these guys and how important they were to those companies and how they were you know growing the business because of the fact they made one move by making hulk hogan a bad guy that changed the game changed right then for and there. everybody for everybody um and I, I can't believe it took him that long to become a bad guy um uh, but i mean if it ain't broke don't fix it but mm. at a certain point you gotta change with the times and and kind of you know look at what the audience is saying they won't lie to you 
dude, you know? I was a huge and Hollywood mark. Dude. Not to go off topic, but one of my most favorite promos of all time uh, was uh, the uh, Ric Flair. And uh, <laughs> hold on, I'm trying to think of his name right now. He came out as like he would make the Razor Ramon things. Um, the black dude who would just in, in her, like he would uh, come up. What was his name? It was in TNA, I believe, when it happened. Oh, Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal. When oh yeah. Mimic, when he's doing the Ric Flair to Ric Flair thing. You're brilliant. not me. 16 times. 16. That's, that's my line. That's my line. And he's throwing his shoe. And, I mean, that is one of the most entertaining pieces I think I've ever seen, like in the history of wrestling. The fact and, and Flair almost loses it. He's trying to keep it together. And it looks like the four horsemen showed up and took a dump in the ring. Yeah. It's brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> Dude, yeah. that that was a great moment. That and you know there were a lot of people. And there probably still are some. You know uh, that shit on TNA, like oh they never did this or never did that. But dude, they had some really great moments, and that was one of them, man. Like that, Jay Lethal sounded just like fucking Ric Flair. He looked like a fucking black Ric Flair. <laughs> He's like, and then when he starts taking off his glasses and throws his suit jacket yeah, down, dropping, dropping the elbows. elbows. And he's pissing Flair off, and Flair can't even like he's just trying to fla- out Flair himself, and he's just like stop, bro, bro, will do a kiss you, and he's just like going and going, and he's like even the fat one, you know, yeah, just he's like, talking oh, about I made love to all these ladies, even that fat one, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oldest ride, longest line, you know? <laughs> yeah, love dude. it, you know. So that's some great I mean, there's shit. there's things. There's things that just stick out in your mind, stuff that you'll never forget. And I think that's the beauty of professional wrestling and yeah. things that you'll never forget, things that you were happy to be a part of when they were happening. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's the whole point, man, is like just ingraining that, embedding that in your mind, you know? Same thing of like any kind of music you like, things that stick in or, you know, something that sticks with you, man. That's 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 the whole point. Oh, for sure, man. And, you know, there's so many moments. And that's the great thing about wrestling is it's it really is so many mediums uh, in forms of entertainment that have come together into one thing that like it just can't be touched like to me like you know all the shows that me and Sretton go to and uh just some of the shit we've been able to witness um man dude it's like it's cool because like uh, if i'm not at a concert performing or you know doing any of that shit or going to a concert like it's almost the same if not better sometimes you know like do we've been in a lot of environments, you know, especially up here with warrior wrestling, freelance wrestling, um, black label where dude, it's like a fucking party. It's a rock show, dude. And you're going and you're fucking watching these guys and gals fucking pour their hearts out and perform. And it's good. It's not it's just organic. some Joe blow from fucking down the street, you know, missing a couple of teeth, got a beer gut. <laughs> I love wrestling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love wrestling. <laughs> Welcome to the uh, NWA Mid South or so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, shit, dude. That's that's what it's all about. I love it. Fuck yeah, brother. Well, before we end here, real quick, uh, Dusty, let everybody know where they can find you and Night Demon at online, man. Uh, Nightdemon.net. That's uh, where you can go and get everything all packed in action. Uh, Jarvis Upstate updates that, um, you know, daily. So he's always on top of that kind of thing. Uh, Instagram is Night Demon Heavy Metal. Um, and yeah, I mean, YouTube, you just search it. Google, search Night Demon, and uh, you'll find some stuff. <laughs> That's right. Buy some fucking merch. 
Buy some right? fucking records. Buy some fucking music. Buy some fucking T-shirts. You guys probably got all kinds of crazy merch, don't you? That's one thing that's cool about us is uh, from day one, we really focused on coming up with cool designs. Like we just released four singles and each seven inch has its own album. Yeah. Artwork, yeah. You know, and with that comes a T-shirt. And, you know, it's like we always, you know, just like we were talking about, you got to stay fresh. You got to stay relevant. You got to keep people, you know on the hook if not then you're just a flash in the pan and you know people forget about you um so we really pride ourselves on really paying attention to the artwork and you know and, and we're really like horror themed with a lot of our artwork and stuff like that so you know anybody who wants to dive down that rabbit hole will definitely see the connection with all that um pro wrestling not so much when it comes to our you know merch out there but maybe one of these days i'll get to design one you know throw a little wrestling ring in there there you or go set my, set my drum kit up in one so in between songs <laughs> i can get up on the turnbuckle and you know raise my hands or something <laughs> <laughs> maybe the Lord knows, you know, maybe even throw out a fucking theme song or some for some company or wrestler because man, dude, wrestling rock. And that's a future episode. Wrestling rock is the drizzling shits. It's like yeah. a horrible genre, you know? <laughs> I mean, you get like your shine downs and stuff like oh. that. those bands will, will get the, uh, <laughs> they'll get the, uh, the push, you know, for that kind of stuff. And code orange kids or code orange. Is it now? Did I just fuck up? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, man. But yeah, I mean, it would be awesome. I'd be, I'd be stoked. You know, um, I remember when like uh, Finn, Finn Balor or whatever his name is came out. He was the Demon King, and yeah, I was. I remember like even like just like shooting an Instagram post to him and being like, "Hey, man, I'm in this band called Night Demon. It'd be cool if like you know you're the Demon guy and we're the Demon band." And you know, but never got a response. So hey, man, but at least you tried. That's that's networking. That's that's all I do. That's you know, that's how a reason of a huge reason why you're on the show today. So awesome, man. I'm, I'm super stoked to be a part of it. And, uh, I had a blast and I'm glad I got to talk shop with you guys and meet you. And, uh, maybe one of these days we'll get to meet in person if we're out touring around and, um, we got some, got some stuff coming up for next year. So, um, you'll definitely find out about it and, uh, Fuck we yeah, should be close enough. We should be close enough. Maybe you can make a trip out. Oh yeah. Well, you know, we'll, we got friends all across the country. So I'm, pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure I know somebody who can get you on the list, you know? <laughs> I just made the list! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, yeah, brother. Well, Dusty, it was a great time talking to you, man. Everybody, oh, make yeah. sure you check out fucking Night Demon. Hit Dusty up as well as on Instagram at Dusty underscore Squires. And, you know, until next time, you know we got to wet them up. Wet them up. Wet them up. What? It's fucking killer. Join me. You gonna do sex to me? Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. Canadian bacon and hardwood smoked bacon. Or Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Get $2 off a large bacon duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important.
Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. It's Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas, each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large Bacon Duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important.